Sonos, baby. You know what? I don't even have to look at the script for this one. My house is a Sonos house. If you're a regular listener to this show, you know that I'm a bit of an audiophile. Kind of insufferable about it. I'm obsessed with sound. Quality matters. That's why I have Sonos speakers all over the damn place. The first thing you do when you get a Sonos speaker is you give it a name. Now, I could have named them for each room they're in, but where's the fun in that? In the kitchen, we got the Olsen twins. They're a stereo pair. Makes sense. Dining room? Why, that's Mr. Carson, of course. And we got Coach Steve down in the garage, because that's where we've been working out. And we just got the brand new Sonos Move, which we call Mo Verney, of course, because he's always on the move and he's always on the run. I love Mo Verney. He works just like the twins, Mr. Carson and Coach Steve, but he runs on a battery. And I can take him anywhere I want, inside or outside of the house. And if I'm not around Wi-Fi, I can connect my phone to it via Bluetooth. The battery lasts for up to 11 hours, and its durable, weather-resistant design is perfect for outdoor listening. Sonos works with all your streaming services, and control is simple with the Sonos app, Apple AirPlay 2, or your voice using Amazon Alexa or Google Assistant while on Wi-Fi. You can also stream thousands of stations, including live radio from all around the world and original programming, free from Sonos Radio through the app. And oh yeah, the sound is amazing. So go to Sonos.com to learn more and get your Sonos move today. No, no, what are you doing? We're taking the Malokyo off Siakam. <laughs> Good morning, Swim World, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Friday, September 11th, 2020. I'm J.E. Skeetson joining us live. As always, Tass Mellis. Hey, everybody. Hey, Tassie. We got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. The international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. <laughs> and last but not least, making the magic happen, JD. Hello. There he is. And here we are. Shout out to everyone joining us live here on YouTube right now. Happy Friday to you and or everybody listening to the podcast later in the day or watching on YouTube as well. Keep your questions and your comments coming for our Beach Steppin' Podcast. Email us, nodunksattheathletic.com. Tweet them in, at nodunksinc. And before we get started, a very important programming schedule note here, guys. We have decided we'll be recording a live Bubble Wrap Podcast. Yes, it's the mighty return of the Bubble Wrap Podcast tonight following the Raptors-Celtics Game 7. So... Make sure you subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. Hit that little notification button. You'll know when we're going live, but it will be soon after the Toronto Raptors defeat the Boston Celtics <laughs> in Game 7, baby. Yeah, you're either going to see a very pumped up uh, J.E. Skeets or a grown man cry on a live YouTube show. So it'll be one or the other. But yeah, tonight we're bringing it back and uh, we'll do it after the game. We also do have a game before that. I'm sure we'll talk about that one as well. But we're looking back. At last night, Thursday night, only one game on. 
It was boring. Oh, my God. Anthony Davis and the Lakers run past the Rockets for the 3-1 Western Conference semifinals lead. Tass, I'm going to put this on you this morning here. What's your big takeaway from this amazing game? I mean, great Lakers performance, but the Rockets just rolled over and died. Mm -hmm, They did. Yeah, I wanted this. I wanted to take this game on because uh, go. Let's go back to when the Rockets decided to commit to this small ball experiment. Mm -hmm. Everybody assumed this would probably be the best way, the best chance anyways, for them to beat other teams to play different. But at the same time, what was said was they have to be committed. All five guys, you got to be committed on every possession to board and to play defense and to freaking box out. And it's just something when you have four guys committed, three guys committed, as you saw in this game, you get killed. Uh, In that third quarter, when their backs were against the wall, basically their season was on the line. Uh, Offensive rebound after offensive rebound after offensive rebound for the Lakers. And when you have guards who just aren't used to putting a body on people, and it sounds like an excuse, but it's just something that they're not, unless, again, you do it every possession, uh, you're going to get killed guy's not used to being in the lane and guarding you kind of have to go against your natural instincts you have to be at the rim all five guys have to be prepared to to keep slicing to the rim and when that happens uh you you get guys like danny green having three offensive rebounds in the quarter guys who don't rebound at all i mean it looked it looked like we're in grade school here and and juvie guys just come into the lane and say that's my ball Uh, it really the, the the rockets just weren't ready to fight uh and you, even you see in the stats here, uh, just where I call of the athletic tweeted, and he kind of proves that the rocket style does make sense on paper, but if you're not committed to it, then it's not going to work because the rockets had 23 more attempts at the free throw line where they want to beat people. Mm-hmm. They shot 42% from the three point line yep. where they assume they have to beat people. They had five more threes uh, than the Lakers. So the stats kind of prove out Daryl Morey's uh, numbers game kind of proves out, uh, but you also have to have five guys committed every single possession, and it's just a tall task or a short task <laughs> <laughs> uh, for, for a team to do that every single possession of every single game. The advantage, you kind of just have an inherent advantage going up against this team because you're going to board more, because you have guys who are used to being in the lane more. So it's, it's something that has never worked in the past. Uh, and although, you know, it kind of makes sense, it's just something that's, Again, man, are you ready for it? You may want to. You may want to buy the ring uh, for your partner. You may want to think about it. But are you committed? Are you committed to going through with it? Uh, I, that's it's work. Marriage is work, and, and and so is so is playing smaller than every other team. It's just like Russell Westbrook was getting beat um, on the perimeter by a guy going for an offensive rebound. Does Russell Westbrook ever box out? I mean, it's just not. It's, it's just not in a guard's DNA a lot of the time. Why? Because a tall guy is going to grab the board over their guy who's running in usually. You know, like you could just you just see it happen over and over and over again. And uh, the spirit obviously wasn't in this team to be able to fight here in game four. And you got to do it for seven games if you're playing small ball. Yeah. So they, they made a game of this, Lee. You know, the Lakers were up 23 midway through the fourth quarter. Um, and then the Lakers sort of forgot to play basketball for a little bit. Rockets put together an 18-2 run. They got it to within five was the closest it got, and then Caruso hit a three. 
do you put anything into that little rally there from the Rockets at all? Or was that a case of the Lakers just saying, well, we've already got this and just got sloppy? What, what do you put into that late run to make the score look respectable? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Yeah, it was a fake run, a complete fake run. Uh, the Lakers basically, <laughs> the Lakers basically just said, "Oh, well, we, we thought you guys weren't playing this game, so we just decided <laughs> to stop playing as well." And then the Rockets hit a couple of shots, and the Lakers like, "Okay, well, we're just going to have to win the game because obviously you're not going to come back and beat us here." But this series has basically played out as predictably as possible. Game one, Rockets steal it. James Harden looks great. LeBron looks like he's not interested. Game two, LeBron hits back, and then the Lakers sort of start to show their strength. And then here we are now with a 3-1 Lakers lead on the brink where it looks exactly like we thought it could be that the Rockets just, you know, had that energy for the first game or two. And then they're just kind of like, uh, we can't really beat these guys, so who cares? Uh, and and I, that's sad to say because, again, you want to see, particularly James Harden, you want to see him sort of shake off that reputation that he has where, like last night he went 2 for 11. I know he got a ton of free throws and made some nice assists, to be fair. Yeah, and they are running, you know, a lot of guys at him. They are, they are. But, you you, you know, this is the sort of time where you want him to see, it seemed to sort of say, all right, well, I'm going for 45 tonight. Um, And it just just didn't seem to have the drive in him. And, And again, Westbrook had a good offensive game, but he gives it a lot of it back. And just those other things that you sort of look that can be a weakness for the Houston get exposed last night where it's just kind of like, well, we're not really into this game and we're not going to try until it's far too late and then we're going to put up this fake run and make the score look closer than it was. But uh, it was it was kind of... Um, it, it just sucked. This game sucked. It sucked. <laughs> and, um, you know, because like, the Rockets' performance sucked. You can beat teams with this small ball. You can. You can. They win a you lot can. of games. I mean, I think you can even... Well, they've proven you can win some series You know, going with this too. But if you don't fight hard and you're the smaller team, you're going to get your ass handed to you. Because Houston got outscored 62 to 24 in points in the paint. Huge. 17 to 3 second chance points. Huge. You brought up those Danny Green offensive rebounds. I think the Rockets grabbed one offensive rebound. One. That You don't see that often. Westbrook were the only one there. And then 19 to 2 on fast break points too, Trey. I mean, again, they, they went, they committed to this small ball thing. And yeah, at times it, it can work. Um, but if you don't play hard, you have no chance with this, right? Is that fair to say? You're the big guy of the group. What do you think? <laughs> well, yeah, that's the thing. I'm the big guy of the group. I'm 6'5", and if I was playing for the Rockets, I would be a big guy for them. The big guys for the Lakers, even though they're playing small, are 7 feet, 6'9", and 6'8". Yeah. That's yeah. a problem, man. Uh, but to yeah. me, it just comes down to something that uh, Shrikar on Twitter said. Shrieky Schroeder. I'm sure you guys know him. Yep. An opposing team doubles Harden. Rockets, uh, damn, guess I'll try again next year. Yes. And that's always what it is. The same series always with the Rockets. They hit first in game one. Harden looks amazing. The other team figures them out by game three or four. It's a double team. And honestly, Harden just looks disgusted that he has to pass the ball every time. That's what yeah. it seems to me. It's like they come for the double. Sometimes it's right at half court. Sometimes it's a little bit later, which the Lakers have been doing, and it just looks like he's like, huh, this again? Yeah, man, it's the same thing every year. We've, we're on to you. It can work, but I don't know. I, I don't know. I was just happy there were other sports on last night. Because <laughs> that last run, that fourth quarter, that was a fake run exactly like Leah's saying. Skeets, you said it was to make the score look respectable. That's 100% what it was. Yep. Now this is a 10-point loss instead of a 20-point loss. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know that thing with Harden, too. You're right. Again, credit to the Lakers. I think we'll get into them a little bit more here, too, what they're doing in this series, making them uncomfortable. But the thing, I, I've heard this said on other podcasts. It's so true, though. Harden... When guys force the ball out of his hands by running a second guy at him, he gives it up, makes the right play. Okay, step one. That's awesome. You do know you can go and get the ball back, right? Mm. Things can also continue in the possession, and that rarely, rarely happens with James Harden. 
he, he again makes the right pass uh, okay let's play uh you know four on three basketball here because they've run two guys at me but okay you can continue to keep playing but he's such a like well I guess this possession I will not be shooting the ball or I'm tracked out and look he got to line and all that but I that's frustrating that's super frustrating did he even have a fourth quarter shot in this game I mean it, it, mm. he was done he was done. I actually think the Rockets over these last two games are actively revolting against small ball and that everything should just be a three-pointer because they're not shooting a whole bunch of them. Again, credit to the Lakers' defense, trying to take that away, running them off the line as much as possible, but Houston only attempted 33 threes in game four here. That's their second lowest number since committing to small ball. The last game, the lowest, 30. They were averaging like 51 three-point attempts against OKC. I get it different opponent they're they're, they're game planning for them but they're just not going to win like even if they do hit them on a good clip they they needed to be more I mean that's what I thought we were told it's either free throws and threes and it's just not a whole lot of three-point attempts for them if you're going to go to this go to it and I think they're like I don't know this doesn't work (laughs) it's not working with against this team you know AD and LeBron it's not working against this team that's the thing the Lakers are the a top five defense and yeah. they are looking like a top five defense. What they're saying is we're going to take the ball out of Harden's hands. That's working. And we're going to take you off the three point line. That's working as well. Mm-hmm. After that, it's got to be Westbrook. And that's just not happening in 2020. <sighs> the Lakers can play better small ball than the Rockets because they're big, quote unquote, bigs in Anthony Davis now. Uh, are pretty quick. I mean, they're they're, they're we gotta good. stop calling can... it small ball when the Lakers do this. I, I know I'm guilty of it as well. It's so silly. We've debated for a couple of years. Anthony Davis is a five. He's a center. Um, LeBron, okay, he plays every position on the floor. He's huge. He's like damn Carl <laughs> Malone size. Just like, call it good ball. You're yeah. putting your good players on the court. You're sitting Max. down JaVale McGee and getting some more from Anthony Davis. Good yeah. ball. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, sorry to cut you off, Tassis angers me the small ball lakers talk i don't know why i'm a small guy okay okay i'm small they're not small those guys yeah uh well either way uh you know they they took away the three-point shot because they're good defenders uh mm-hmm. houston was undefeated this year uh when they shot 40 percent from three and they've hit 40 percent from three the last three games against the lakers they're they're undefeated coming into this series hitting 40 percent from three now these last three games because they couldn't get up enough shots right and it's all credit to the Lakers' defense. I know you want to say they quit on it, but uh, this this team is just too predictable uh, when yeah, when it yeah. comes down to it. Uh, yeah. Really, if it's Harden gives point. it up, yeah, I mean he's he's just not a Steph Curry superstar. And and I think it's easy to just look back and say this Rockets thing was a failure. Uh, but when you really do look back, they did you know go up against this Warriors team over and over and over again. And and I'm I guess I'm already starting to look in the past because it's you know Westbrook is going to be uh, you know 32 years old pretty soon uh it's it doesn't look like this team is going to get another experiment i mean i don't know the daryl morey went for it this year by trading chris paul and, and a billion picks uh and hey, hey i'm okay with that uh, as a fan i mean the rockets war chest isn't all that great right now but uh they they went up against a better team year after year after year they went for it in this seemingly this last run of their uh their championship window aspirations and it just sure feels like it's over. It's just, it's disheartening to see the spirit taken out of this team. They just weren't, they weren't grinding when you know that it's, it's the season on the line here. It's mm-hmm. 2-1. And James Harden sitting there in his floral print after the game uh, with a very low camera angle, which is kind of, kind of strange. <laughs> right up in his crotch there. Uh, and he's asked 
why didn't you guys try for the first three quarters and then you made the comeback in the in the fourth and he said that's a good question <laughs> and he doesn't have an answer and nobody nobody in that locker room has an answer it's not like they weren't uh, I don't know. They weren't on the same page. They were on the same page. I, I, they just somehow, some some point of of their season, they stopped trying. And that's the the James Harden story is that they don't they don't go game one through game seven the same fight every single year. And it sure looks like this championship window is closed. Yeah, um, good contributions from the other Lakers. I just wanted to point that out in uh, in this game four victory. Um, you know, of course, you know LeBron near triple double, AD a monster, but. Danny Green hit a couple threes. KCP hit a couple threes. Caruso, I think, played the role of Kuzma um, last night going for 16 points. How many times did he just, like, move off the ball, cut back door, mm-hmm. and LeBron or somebody else is going to find you? It happened, like, three or four times. And he was great defensively. Rondo, playoff Rondo, 11-10-8. and eight. And even Horton Tucker. Horton, <laughs> here's a who Tucker. Contributed, hitting a few shots. Had LeBron up on the sidelines, so he was getting some spot minutes there um, as well. Anything else to add, Lee? I know you're uh, very upset. I'm even coming back to you about this game, but uh, I'm not. I, honestly, I'm just bored. I was just bored with that game because I was just like, this just sucks. You know, like there just wasn't the fight that you were hoping to see. I mean. You know, I have criticized Harden a lot, and I want so badly to be proven wrong, to be like, is this his Dirk run? I want that. I want right. that so badly. Um, and I just feel I feel uh, strangely uh, unsatisfied that it kind of has gone this way because it's like it just it just happens every time, man. Like, like fight, fight more, fight harder. Like, just go out, you know, we're shooting 45 shots. I don't care. Like, just go out doing something crazy like that. And, uh, and, and he won't do it, and it's like... Ah, oh, well, see, what's the point? What's the point of anything there uh, in what's Houston? What's the point of anything? Wow. <laughs> I mean, listen, 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 that, that, you, listen, listen. The, the thing is, after watching what the Celtics and the Raptors are doing, they're fighting, they're diving yeah. on the... Guys' bodies are hitting the ground. They're trying to fight each other. They're so desperate to win, both of these teams. And when you see another team that should be as desperate, should have, has got so much more to prove as well that what's on the table, and they don't fight, I feel like I'm being cheated. And right. I'm like... Dude, watch what the Celtics and the Raptors do. See how much that's going to mean to whoever loses tonight. They're going to be devastated. Right, right. Because- hey, the Rockets won a Game 7 this year. The Rockets literally won a Game 7 like a week ago. People I know, said I that know. was a referendum on Harden and Westbrook's career, a referendum on small ball, and they went out and won it with Harden making the biggest clutch play. They did. That's true. All that stuff is true. But we're not going to remember James Harden for a block. We want to see him have a big monster game where he drags that team offensively. And again, credit him for that defense. Great. But they should have beaten the Thunder, and it took that it took that effort to, to to do them. And this was the challenge. Now again, after that game one, the ball moving around, you're like, maybe this can work. But then it's kind of like, where's that same effort and energy for the rest of the series, especially when you're down? And we didn't see that last night. So I don't know. I'm just. I don't know. <laughs> but, but did people <laughs> really expect the Rockets to beat the Lakers? That's the the thing to me. The Rockets. They have championship aspirations, there's no doubt. But the Lakers and the Clippers have been the class of the Western Conference for the entire season. And like I'm saying, people were really giving them a chance to beat the Thunder. They were saying, if this doesn't work against the Thunder, then you got to blow everything up. They won, and now it becomes you got to beat the best team in the West. That seems tough yeah, to me. I don't think but it's got to least... beat them. It's not yeah. got to beat them. It's compete. Yeah. <laughs> you got to try at least. And they didn't try. They didn't try from the jump, and then they made the fake comeback. I mean, there was no fight. Uh, I, I agree. Was... I agree. Right. But they I mean, also that... took game one. They did take game one. Exactly. They've shown up for a couple of games. You can't say they won't show up for any games. But I'm feeling the same way as you, Lee. I think I'm going to give up on James Harden every single time he has a terrible (laughs) game. We've seen it so many times. But then come regular season, I'm like, 
He's back. The year. This is the year. This is the year they're going to do it. It's just got to be that Dirk run. He's got to be on fire for an entire playoffs. And there's basically no other way the Rockets are going to win a title unless Harden shoots 50% for three straight months. Yeah, yeah. Unless he loses even more weight coming into a playoffs. He's got to be 145 pounds uh, because that's what everybody thought. that he. he I mean, I, I just thought that it would at least be somewhat different for him not playing six months of a regular season, then having to go into the playoffs. And he could be great potentially for multiple series because uh, he always just has some bad games in the postseason. You've got two former MVPs on this team. This was felt like their last run and because Russell Westbrook's not going to get better into his 30s. He is the, the, the typical athletic guard that... It's unlikely he's going to get better at, at age 32. Uh, so this was just it felt like a bit of their swan song after making a couple couple conference finals in their uh, their little run here with James Harden. Uh, but they went up against the Warriors team. Another window sure feels like it's got slammed shut by the small ball Lakers. Yeah. Uh, let me just shoehorn one more thing in here, Skeetsy, because uh, history tells us that uh, one time the Rockets were the underdogs against the Lakers and they upset the Lakers in five games and it took a Ralph Sampson uh, buzzer beater (laughs) (laughs) to beat the uh, Houston Rockets in Los Angeles. And uh, the reason I bring that up is I actually had Ralph uh, as a guest on Poppin' Packs yesterday and I was talking to him about the Rockets right now because when he played, of course, he and Akeem Olajuwon were the Twin Towers and now it's the complete opposite. It's totally small ball. And I said right. to that, Ralph, I said, wouldn't the Rockets uh, benefit from having a seven foot four guy out there right now? And he said, yeah, all they do is shoot threes, man. That's all they do. And so, uh, <laughs> anyway, you can catch that Pop and Packs episode uh, on Instagram right now. And uh, we should have it up on the podcast for the weekend, too. <laughs> yeah, a little bonus podcast with Ralph Sampson. Did he have more energy than the Rockets did in game four? A little more energy, yes. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay, good. Yes. This so. is good to know. Um, look. No Daniel House for the Rockets again. Let's throw that in there. He was not playing in this hat. We expected that. Missed game three as well. He's uh, still under investigation, I guess. I don't think we've had much of an update since that, really. So who knows if he's playing in game five or not. Um, Rockets have come back from 3-1 before. They're one of the, uh, what, 12 teams to do it in NBA history. Did it against the Clippers in 2015. But they have a problem here. LeBron's teams are a perfect 13-0 in series with a 3-1 lead. Wow. So, yeah, yeah, I know. I thought that was uh, pretty interesting, too. So, unlikely, I think any of us are going to be taking the Rockets, too. I don't know. Are you guys even picking the Rockets to uh, win a game on Saturday night and extend this thing to uh, <laughs> to six at the at the, at the the maximum, minimum? No. The weird no. Rockets might just pull it off and then, and then lay <laughs> yeah, an egg exactly. in the next game. <laughs> no, That's the I'm, thing. Yeah. Uh, are they going to hit 33s in a game? It could still happen, but uh, they looked ready to go home. Last night, no doubt about it. It felt like that was the end of the series. It was like, oh, wait, they this is only game four? Yeah. That doesn't make sense. Mm, no chance. I'm going to be listening to a Ralph Sampson podcast <laughs> instead. Uh, Ralph Sampson <laughs> played with Mitchell Wiggins, Andrew Wiggins' dad in that on that 86 team, Lee, when they went to the, uh, the finals there. Do you think Mitchell Wiggins had the energy that Andrew Wiggins lacks, that Andrew Wiggins doesn't have? <laughs> well, it's funny, actually. In that game, in Game 5, Mitchell Wiggins comes out and hits a couple of shots, and the commentator, Dick Stockton, says, wow, he's a streaky shooter sometimes, Mitchell Wiggins. It's like, just like his son. Oh, okay. <laughs> Dick Stockton was yeah, on the Dick call. Yeah, Dick Stockton and uh, Tommy Heinsohn, yeah. Oh, jeez, yeah. some legends there. Here's, here's one more question about this series. Trey, do you think the Thunder would have put up a better fight so far through four games? Or would they still maybe be... Would they have been swept? Uh, maybe the one win or just at least closer games? What do you think? Any uh, thoughts on that? I don't know. 
I mean, they couldn't beat the Rockets, so maybe they wouldn't. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not impressed with the Thunder. Just like I don't think the Rockets are in that big of a – It's a, they look terrible last night. It happens every single year. But what did you expect? Maybe the Thunder play harder. Uh, but I don't know. I, does that really matter? The Lakers are really good. They've had one bad game in both of their playoff series, and then they dominate. Like game two, it seemed close, but it was only because the Rockets hit nine threes. The Lakers are awesome. I don't think the Thunder would do much better. Fair enough. Let's take a quick break. Then we'll get to some beach stepping. Yeah, a few beach teases for you. What do we got here, Tass? Well, JD, you're up. Oh, man. Or, or JD. It's me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm a f***ing stupid Rockets. <laughs> We're not doing a podcast Saturday night. F*** the dumb Rockets. We're not doing it. Why would we? Even if they win, it's going to be just belaboring the point. All right. Sorry, JD. Hey, I'm down to not do a, a podcast on Saturday <laughs> well, night. We're not. Let's not we're not. What, what, why would you believe they're going to have any more fight in them? They were waving the white flag. Trey's right. They're done. All right, guys. <laughs> I say it every year. This is the year I'm getting into football. I know. I say it every year. I never year. follow through. <laughs> but this year, it just feels different. For one, who knows when basketball is coming back? I don't know. Could be... Christmas could be after Christmas. Who knows? I need something to fill my life. Also, there's no Survivor this fall. That's not happening. Mm. Plus, this year, I've got DraftKings, baby. The leader in one-day fantasy sports is putting me in the center of this weekend's action with over $8 million up for grabs across all of their contests. I even started listening to the athletic football show. Shout out to Robert Mays. Mm-hmm. And last night, I listened to the football GM on The Athletic with Mike Sando and Randy Mueller. Who am I? To kick <laughs> off this season, DraftKings is giving new users a free shot at a at $1 million top prize with your first deposit when you use code Mays during sign-up. That's M-A-Y-S, as in Robert Mays of The Athletic Football Show. <laughs> uh, right, uh, the sweat part. I'm going to skip the sweat part, guys. That's everybody's cool with that. I don't really care. Uh, great. Download the DraftKings app now and use code MAZE. For a limited time, new users can get a free shot at the $1 million top prize and compete for over $8 million in prizes across all contests. Don't miss this extra special one-week bonus. Enter code MAZE to get a free shot at the $1 million Top prize with your first deposit. Why do I feel like Russell Oliver right now? I buy your gold for cash. Oh, yeah. That's code maze only at DraftKings. Make it rain. Wait, spelled R-E-I-G-N. Is that right? Yeah. Make it rain. That's wow. Make it rain gold, Oliver. Make it rain sweat. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Did I mention the code is Maze? It's Maze, so use that yes. code. Yeah, M A Y S, not M A Z or Z, however right. you pronounce it. E. Um, yeah, the sweat. You know, the sweat part. I think is like, look, you could just be sitting back watching a football game into the team, into the score. But man, when you play DraftKings and you've got a wide receiver that you need some points, you got a running back, you need some yardage. Then you're feeling it on every possession. Mm, yeah. You're really sweating every single minute of that game. That's Trey, you, you watch this uh, football game here? A little I bit watch, of it. Felt the I'm sweat. Watch, 
Is it all running? Or is it all the sweat caused by running? I want to see a Patrick <laughs> Mahomes toss here. All I'm watching the highlights, it, it seems like the Chiefs just ran it down the throats of the oh. Texans. I need some some Patrick Mahomes. To, I haven't seen him throw the ball once. He's handing <laughs> you it off the CFL, every single man. time. Oh, they were dominating the line of scrimmage last night. They got some new running back who's got a lot of great jukes. I heard him compared to Warwick Dunn last night. What a throwback. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's got it. Maybe that's why the fans were booing. Uh, those fans booing the, the United, uh, the, the moment of unity. What are they doing? These no, fans that's because they're racist. City. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think it has uh, to do that, with the, the, what no, you No, that was, that was a very strange moment. Anyways, also strange, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, literally, I just watched three minutes and 20 seconds. Um, <laughs> sorry, J.D., I was listening at the same time. Yeah, that's but funny. he didn't throw the ball once. Anyways, Warren, Warren what, In, done. like, the highlight package? Are you sure you didn't yeah. pick the running back highlight package? <laughs> Clyde, uh, okay. Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Man, that guy can run. Hilarious. Oh. Hilarious. Okay, let's hit the beach. Why not? I didn't want to talk too long about the Rockets. Got me all flustered. So let's hit the beach. You guys got some great questions. Can't save them all for the Beach Steppin' Podcast. We only get to like 10 or 11. But you guys send so many good ones in. Oh my God, we could do like a three-hour Beach Steppin' Podcast one week. But we'll sprinkle a few in here. Our first one. Hey guys, during the regular season, there was a race to see which team would get Andre Iguodala for a championship push. But as we've seen so far, the impact Jay Crowder has had on the Heat is far more noticeable with his clutch threes and tough defense. My question is, do you remember a guy who was basically a throw-in taking the spotlight and becoming the more valuable asset for his new team? Best wishes from Ecuador. That's from Alejandro. Lee, that's a good question. He's not wrong. Crowder is like, oh, Iguodala's been fine. Mm-hmm. And he still probably has moments to come here in the playoffs and the conference finals and maybe even moving on. But... Yeah, Crowder's been awesome. Can you think of another example of this? I can. Uh, it was the year 2000 when Grant Hill told the Detroit Pistons he was going to sign with the Orlando Magic as an unrestricted free agent. And the Pistons were not happy, but they managed to at least convince Grant Hill to, to execute a sign and trade. So he went to Orlando, and in return, the Pistons got Chucky Atkins and a throw-in by the name of Ben Wallace. Mm-hmm. And Ben Wallace, uh, from that moment in time, turned out to have an incredible career. I mean, from that moment in time, he had a better career than Grant Hill. He was a, became a four-time All-Star, five-time All-NBA, four-time Defensive Player of the Year, six-time All-Defense, and, of course, he won the championship with the Pistons in 2004 as an integral part of that team. Uh, and, uh, I mean, obviously, we know the story with Grant Hill. Unfortunately, those injuries really just... Uh, for four seasons in a row, basically, he he, he barely played. Um, and, and, you know, those are the best days of his career. And that was a huge time because Grant Hill, so many different teams tried to get him. He was clearly at the peak of his powers. And, and we've talked about it before how he could have been potentially a top 10 all-timer if he, uh, if he sort of was able to play in those years and win a couple of championships in Orlando there with Tracy McGrady. But it wasn't to be. But... Yeah, Ben Wallace undrafted and uh, not really, you know, nobody sort of thought too much of him and, and became an incredible player and should be in the Hall of Fame himself too. So, um, yeah, I thought that was uh, that was a, a great uh, deal for the Detroit Pistons in the end, considering Grant Hill was going to leave for nothing. In the end, uh, the Pistons get one of the best players in their franchise history. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, anyone else got a got a good example? I can piggyback off that one because uh, Chris Middleton was a member of the Detroit Pistons. It's kind of hard to uh, remember him as a as a Piston, but he was a second-round pick for them. Uh, he only played one year for them 
It was uh, a lot in the D-League with the Fort Wayne Mad Ants. Just wanted to say that team (laughs) name. Uh, But Yeah, the Nightmare Ants. Yeah. A a blog special, blog favorite, the Nightmare Ants way (laughs) back in the day. Uh, Brandon Knight was playing in front of him. And then uh, they got traded together for Brandon Jennings. Uh, because uh, Milwaukee wanted to get rid of uh, Brandon Jennings, sign and trade there. Uh, the Pistons wanted him. And so Brandon Knight was the, the prize, pack, uh, prize part of the package for uh, the Bucks. He almost made the all-star team. And then uh, he left in a trade, and, and Middleton, boom, 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 uh, became fantastic. Obviously had a better career than uh, Brandon Jennings and uh, still making all-star teams. So that was... Uh, since we're talking about Chris Middleton every day and every night, uh, that, that trade there with, with Brandon Knight and Brandon Jennings, a couple Brandons, but it was Cash Money Chris uh, that took over that trade. Not bad. Okay. I, I had those on my list as well. And here's a good one from Jason Fire 34 in the YouTube chat who says, Mark Gasol felt like a throw-in <laughs> in the Pau Gasol trade. Yep. Turned out to be the best player in the package. I don't know if you can necessarily say that. The Lakers did win two titles with Powell uh, (laughs) after they traded for him. But Marc Gasol, we just thought he was some other Gasol that was hanging around. You saw the pictures of him looking like a giant in high school. And then suddenly, he's winning championships with the Raptors and putting the Grizzlies on the map. Yeah, every every executive was very, very mad about that trade, right? They thought the Lakers were just being gifted Powell Gasol, but... Yeah, Mark had some good times and some good wines during that parade in, in 2019 for the Raps. I just watched a two-minute um, medley there, two-minute montage of Mark Gasol intoxicated at the Raptors parade. Oh, that, yeah. oh, very good stuff. They wouldn't give him the mic because he was a little too sloppy, uh, but it's worth the two minutes of your time if you want to see, <laughs> see Mark Gasol's body language when he's hammered. <laughs> Wait, when did you watch that? Did you watch that during this podcast, too? Are you yeah, only watching videos sure. while we do podcasts? Oh. I, had to, I had to censor you, Skeets. I had to turn off our, our, our stream yard here because you're swearing. My, my, yeah. my, ear, my innocent ears. <laughs> Blame it on the my Rockets. Um, funny thing about... I was going to say Marcus Hall, so I'm glad they brought that up in the YouTube chat. So that was going to be my pick. Um, and the funny thing about that is within that whole trade, the, the obviously uh, the Kwame for the, for the POW and all that, one of the picks turned into be Gravis Vasquez... Who was then, of course, traded to the Raptors for, or traded from the Raptors? Excuse me, um, uh, Gravy Biscuits, Gray Biscuits, whatever we called him. Vasquez <laughs> traded to the Bucks for Norman Powell. Okay, and then a pick later, who turned into OG Ananobian. Two of these guys instrumental right now in the Raptors' uh, run last year, and then of course their run so far this year for Vasquez. What a trade that was! So uh, yeah, just to add on to that, Marcus Saul. That's a good, good question though. Thanks so much for that one, Alejandro. All right, next one. It's fun to say that guy's name. You gotta say it like that, right? Hey, you floaters and finger rollers. This one's from Pick in Vancouver. The playoffs are a time for cliche adjectives. We all know about feel out game one, pivotal game five, and a commanding 3-1 lead. But what other adjectives do you wish we used more frequently during this time of the year? If given the vote, I'm inclined to support the cheeks-clenched fourth <laughs> quarter of a Game 7. Would be nice to hear Kevin Harlan say that on the air. <laughs> Thanks for being a respite during a hard time for everyone. Again, that's from Pick Up in Vancouver. Trey, adjectives that you'd like to hear, uh, cliches in the playoffs. I cannot deny that I would love to hear Kevin Harlan say cheeks-clenched. <laughs> cheeks-clenched! Just growling it out. Are you kidding me? Uh, the other thing I'll say, people have gotten a little too loosey-goosey with using the word pivotal here. I heard a yep. game three and a game four <laughs> yeah. called pivotal. Are you kidding me? 
it's only game fives can be pivotal and it has to be 2-2. But there are some other good words we could use. I think uh, the Rockets heading into game five, it looks like their team is going to possibly be blown up or major changes await whenever they're finally eliminated. You call that a doomsday game five because only something bad is going to happen afterwards. Whereas you'd look at the Raptors versus Celtics. It was uh, 3-2 Celtics. The Raptors are coming in. You know you're going to get a good performance. That's a do or die game six. And if yep, you don't know yep. what to call a game, but it looks good, just call it juicy. That's such a nice adjective for so many things. Ooh, this looks like a juicy matchup here between the <laughs> Lakers and Clippers. We haven't seen it yet, but we know it's juicy. Could be a juicy game one, you're saying, of the conference oh, finals. Oh, baby, it could. I, but, like, see, tonight I'm like, Clippers, Nuggets, that's not juicy to me. No, Not very nah. juicy, but game seven? Oh, it's mm. juicy. Okay, is it even a doomsday it. game? I guess I guess it is for the Nuggets, isn't it tonight? Because they can be eliminated, so it's a doomsday. But it's no. But yeah, I like but I like Trey's Trey's thinking next level. Like this yeah. loss got a future could mean right, 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 yeah, right. The right, Nuggets right. are likely not going to like blow it up, fire yeah. their coach. I mean, I doubt it, right? But yeah. uh, you know, with the Rockets, I, I like that that yeah. doomsday there. Um, do you have any other ones, uh, Lee? Uh, no, not oh. really. Yeah, uh, maybe it's a dawdler then for the uh, <laughs> for the Nuggets because it's like if they lose, it's not the end of the world, so they can just dawdle through Game Five and be okay. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Isn't that a football player or is that Bortle? Who dawdle? Yeah, isn't there a Bortle? Oh, oh Brian Blake Bortles. Bortles, yeah. Blake Bortles. Yeah. Oh, Blake, Blake Bortles. Bortles yeah. <laughs> nice one. Yeah, there you go. What do you got, Tass? Anything? Quarterback. Uh, I know Trey. I knew Trey would kill it with this one, so I didn't really come with any fire. Yeah, that's fine. But that's fine. Uh, Kevin Kevin Harlan would definitely pull out cheeks clenched. Uh, there's no doubt he would. He's a he's a risky play by play man. He's not afraid yeah. to take a chance. And if there is a wedgie, he'll he'll squeeze cheeks clenched in there as well. <laughs> you know? Ah, oh, that ball. Cheeks clenched on the rim. It's a wedgie. Something to that effect. Harlan, Harlan could do it. He's been uh, he's been Thon making his mark with puns for a long time, that guy. <laughs> we, uh, we got a great uh, YouTube comment here. JD was sharing it with all of us. At some point, I'd like to see Trey pull his favorite record out of that collection behind him and talk about it a bit. And then I'd love to hear Lee's opinion on that record. <laughs> you want me to give that? sounds like something oh, we should yeah. do. I, don't, I mean, we're going. Yeah, why not? Pull something oh, out right. there. Right. Don't even, just don't even look. Just grab one. Yeah. See what you got. Trey's pulling a record out from the... Uh... Oh, what, what do we got here? This? this is Kurt Vile. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Lee, I know you love Kurt Vile. Wow. Uh, this guy looks like the Whittler, deep down. <laughs> Whittler, the dawdler, Kurt Vile. He does look like the Whittler. He also has the hands of Kawhi Leonard. Look at those paws. Those are those paws. monstrous. I, uh, I saw that's the... a big hand. You're not... I saw oh, the maybe that's K. a ukulele. Maybe that's a perspective there. It's like my TV. Yeah, sorry. What do you think there, Lee? Well, I saw the big K. I thought it was KT Tunstall at the start. Uh, not her. I, I have to say, I don't know Kurt Vile. I've never heard of uh, him. Uh, is he a... A country singer? What is he? What does he do? Yeah, like, uh, I guess you would call him an indie songwriter. I don't know. This is actually a great record. I want to listen to it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like honestly, can you tell us a little bit more about Kurt Vile? Because I I have no idea who that is either. Like, how old are we talking here? What eighties? This was this was no no no. This is recent. This one came out oh. in twenty fifteen. This is this is the kind of record Matty O would have. Let's just yeah. say that you know you yeah. find out about this record on Pitchfork and you listen to it and you're like, man, these are some nice guitar lines. This guy really sounds like he smoked a lot of weed in his life, and then you okay. love it. You love it. Give it an eight point oh. 
Okay, wow. Because <laughs> like the cover looks like it's from the eighties. Like, let's be honest, it's pretty pretty basic. Just him and his. Just a man and a guitar. Kurt yeah. and his guitar. Uh, he likes to strip it down, Skeets. Yeah, all right. He looks this like is, uh, uh, Jack Black a little bit. Not Jack Black. Uh, <laughs> Jack White. Jack White, yeah. Right, right. The yin-yang of Jacks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> for, Sorry, all the, for all the Australians out there watching, uh, this is like Molly's melodrama on Hey Hey. They'll, they'll get it. It's a great Yeah, thing, it's yeah. identical, I would say. Okay, let's, uh, let's take another break here, here from our sponsors. When I just think about grooming my body, I start to feel energized and happy. I get all the tingles. You know why? Because the body knows what it wants. It just wants to be groomed. It's like the Milwaukee Bucks' George Hill. No matter what time his game starts, if it's 1, 6, or 9 p.m., right before it, he's able to hit the stall and have a bowel movement. You know why? Because the body knows what it wants. Just try it wherever you are right now. Think about how good you would feel if you trimmed below the belt. Not about having a bowel movement. Just think about being groomed, getting trimmed. Think about how fresh you would feel. Are you thinking about it? Mm -hmm. Are you thinking about it? Mm -hmm. What's that? (laughs) That's the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0. It's happening right now. Excuse me. I'll be back in a second. That sounds great. Yes, I think it does. Look at this! Look at this palm. I look like Kawhi with yeah. this in with this in my hand. It's it's perfect. It's easy to handle. Just think about it, and it'll happen. Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man, and I'll never lose my mic because it has a light on it. Oh, nice. See that oh, wow. little light? That, that light. is a nice feature, for sure. It is. It yeah, is. you use it where the sun don't shine, so you need the light. Uh, right. Definitely. I just, little... use, I just use it when I got to take the puppy outside at night for a quick clean out. Throw up a manscaped torch. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, and it's very bright. I, I need to use it, yeah, where the sun don't shine. I also have to pull out an umbrella because it's so bright. You know, it's, it's just too bright. Oh, boy. Uh, their Perfect Package 3.0 comes with the new and improved lawnmower, waterproof, cordless body trimmer, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag for you to use when you're done quarantining. It comes with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant. The Crop Reviver, a spray-on toner made with soothing aloe and witch hazel extracts. It's got it all. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code THEATHLETIC20. Take your grooming game to the next level. What are we going to do with Manscaped? eventually stop sponsoring the show <laughs> i say we just continue <laughs> just keep doing it have <laughs> fun with it we love the product like why not we'll just see what happens all right let's get to tweet of the night mm, tweet of the night wow twitter what do we got Well, we know all the malfunctions that can happen in the Zoom world of the pandemic, and they made their way into the NBA during Anthony Davis's post-game interview on Thursday. Have a listen. Hey, D, I see you wearing that uh, Kobe Bryant shirt. I'm curious. I know he's had such a huge influence on you throughout your career. Sorry, my dog is going crazy right now. Do you think he sometimes during games as well? All I heard was rough, rough. Right? Uh, <laughs> I heard <laughs> <laughs> Great. It was great, yeah. SI's Melissa Rowland 
obviously doing the interview from home and revealing later the culprit is (laughs) Kai Kai. Her dog Kai Kai had to get in and ask AD a question. Uh, Maybe she should be called Doris Bark. (laughs) Uh, uh, Yeah, so AD rolled rolled with it. I'm not sure if he answered the question, but yeah, it was surprising that something weird didn't happen a little earlier in the playoffs, right? With all these Zoom calls that are happening sure, for yeah. these interviews. Yeah. yeah. I loved his, like, first reaction to it was like he had yeah. never heard a dog bark before, right? <laughs> Did you notice? He's like, huh? I guess he's dog? been in the bubble for so long, I can't assume they have dogs about there. dogs, yeah. Yeah, pets. He's like, <laughs> forg- do you think Anthony Davis forgets what a dog looks and sounds like? Has he been gone that long? It could be. It could be. I heard uh, for the conference finals, players finally get to bring their animals in. Oh, yeah. that'd be very nice. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea. Pumped about that. All right, so that's a great one. Great reaction. I'm glad we got to see Kai Kai there as well. Okay, Tass, <laughs> it's a big Friday here in our world. Two games on, only one really we care about, but uh, <laughs> set it up for us, my man. Yeah, we're so pumped. We will be back at the end of this doubleheader tonight on TNT. They swapped the game order. Usually the Clippers oh. Nuggets would go second. But, of course, they got to put the bigger game on second, which is uh, the Raptors-Celtics. So, Clippers-Nuggets, we're not even going to talk about 6.30 Eastern. We'll talk about it tonight. Let's just get into it. Raptors-Celtics, 9 Eastern, Game 7, baby. Let's get our predictions out there. Skeets, we know yours. You yep. said it a little earlier. Do you want to elaborate uh, on why you think the Raps are going to win it, or is it just blind faith, my man? Oh, it's, it's blind faith. It's, uh, yeah, pure fandom. Um, and I said it from the get-go, Raps in 7. It was written. Um, but Eric Cream made a great point on The Athletic, I thought, today, talking about Siakam and his struggles and like how he fits into this Game 7 here. And there was a, you know, is there any concern, uh, Eric Cream writing, that... Because he struggled that Siakam will try to take over Game 7 to redeem himself after a poor series. Now, I don't think that'll be the case. Um, I, I, I just don't because there's so many guys that can contribute on the Raptors. And they all have to have good games, let's be honest. A lot of them do at least to pull this off. Celtics are a damn good team. The Beantown boys, they're going to be fired up after a loss there in Game 6. So it's going to be hopefully another epic game like we got Uh, the last time these two teams played. But it is interesting just to watch. What type of Siakam? Will they continue to give him the post-ups on Jalen Brown? Why? If they do, maybe he breaks free. You never know. But that'll be something I'll be like zeroed in on this game while I stand, hashtag stand with Skeets, and the Raps pull this off in seven. It's happening. The real question is what Trey Kirby's doing tonight, Tass. What are you wearing? Are you standing? Who are you cheering for? Are you cheering for your prediction or you're cheering with your boys here? I don't know, man. I still haven't made a decision. Uh, standing or sitting, but then I saw Scott Foster is refing, so I would imagine I'll be totally sideways laying on the couch because it's going to be a late night. You better stock up on energy. Um, I don't know. I, I can't reveal my, my pick for okay. tonight. We'll Clearly, I would love for my friends to be happy. Clearly, I would love for my prediction to come true. I've got family out in Boston as well. They would certainly be happy. Yeah. I guess you'll just have to check the tweets, Skeets. All right. Check <laughs> Game the time tweets. decision. Yeah, I like it. Trey's a GTD. What, what do you think, you Lee? Got, Lee? Yeah, man, come on. Well, in the finals last year, I was the only one to pick the Warriors to win because I just thought they were going to win and I felt like a dick because I was like, I want to be with my friends. I want to be going for the Raptors, but I just didn't think they were going to win, and they did, so I felt even worse at oh, the end yeah. of it. Horrible. Uh, look, it's 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 virtually impossible to, to predict how tonight is going to play out, but I'm going for the Raptors, of course. I hope they can do it. It would be an incredible victory if they were to come back from 2-0 down and 3-2 down and win this. Uh, 
So yeah, you just want to ride that horse now all the way home. It's so <laughs> it's been so great to see. It's been a great series. The Celtics have been great, but uh, obviously, I'm hoping the Raptors can pull it off tonight. Yeah, I think uh, experience actually will matter tonight in Game Seven. I know it's it's this thing that you can't touch. You just don't know if it ever is going to matter. But this young Celtics team has had multiple chances to end the Raptors this season. They could have won in Game 3 to really end it. Obviously, Game 6 when the Raps had 17 fourth-quarter points and didn't score for four-plus minutes at the end of regulation. And I think that's going to come back to bite the Celtics. Uh, Just the fact that now this Raptors team is alive uh, and... Listen, the, the problems are still there for the Raptors. Are they going to score enough? Right. Uh, it's, it's definitely still there. So I'm talking about something which really, uh, yeah, it's an intangible. But uh, I think it'll be tangible tonight. I think you can feel it. Game 7, the, there will be some nerves. I, I think there finally will be uh, some nerves. And, yeah, the fact that they did win last year uh, is going to help. The Celtics, again, they should have closed it out. should have killed this uh these boys when they could. And so I think the Raps will take care of business. It will be cool to see who's the best player on the floor tonight, oh, yeah. right? Because there's so many candidates from both teams. I mean, Kemba could have a huge bounce back game. He could be the best. Tatum, of course, who hasn't had that great a series. Raptors have done a phenomenal job of, you know, trying to take him out of his flow a little bit. Could be Jalen Brown, as we saw in the first half of Game 6. It obviously could be Kyle Lowry, who's done it a couple times. Could be sort of some rant. Could be Siakam. I mean... Could I'm be Nick hold- Nurse. I'm not holding my breath. Could be Nick Nurse. He basically plays out there at six on five at times. Yeah, so uh, that that part is exciting. Who steps up? And then it could be, of course, any of these like other random guys. Like a Marcus Smart could hit another six threes. Of course, Van, v- Van Vliet could catch fire. Norm could have another Norm. Who knows? That's what makes it exciting. Um, I just hope it's a close game. Um, well, actually, I hope it's a blowout for the Raptors. <laughs> yeah, That'd be better. I know. Oh, but yeah. if it's not that, I hope it's a close game. And uh, we'll, we'll see who goes on. What's good, too, is whoever wins this, uh, I'll be honest, even if it is the Celtics, I'm excited for the conference finals against the Heat. Like, they're obviously rested and ready, and they look great. Um, and I think both of these teams, Celtics or Raptors, I don't know. They might be favored, I think, heading into that next series versus Miami, though. The Heat have been uh, playing phenomenal basketball. So it should be awesome, regardless. Enjoy the game tonight. Like Tess said, we will be back late, late night. It will basically be, well, it'll be Saturday, probably, especially with Scott Foster on the call, like you said, Trey. He'll be the real star of tonight's game. I can't <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, baby! Oh, yeah. Get your fingers ready. Get your fingers ready. So we will be back after Game 7, Raptors Celtics, uh, soon after, firing up the YouTube and uh, doing our sort of late night podcast, talk about that game and the Clippers Nuggets and anything else that happens during the day. So let's call it there. Subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. Hit that notification button. Grab your No Dunks merch at nodunks.com and email us your questions and comments to nodunks at theathletic.com. If you're on iTunes and you listen to your boys, leave the five-star rating and review. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And here on 9-11, thoughts with New Yorkers and all of America 19 years later. Embrace the day, people. You could stay